but I keep going because what's the choice? And that's how I feel. Why not choose what's positive rather than what's negative? You're listening to lifelong entrepreneur, Dr. Gail Carson. Here you're getting a glimpse of her relentlessly positive approach to life and business. And she has a wealth of experience and advice to share with you, which you're about to hear because Dr. Carson is today's guest on Solopreneur Success. Welcome to the Solopreneur Success Podcast, where successful business owners gather to share true stories and sound advice to help you start and grow your own solopreneur business. Come soar with us and design the life you love. Now, here's your host, Steve Combs. Hello, solopreneurs. Today, I'm interviewing Dr. Gail Carson. And boy, are you in for a treat today. I've actually known Dr. Carson for several years due to my work with a mutual friend, Jesse Canone, one of my longtime clients. And Dr. Carson has an amazing depth of business experience. She's served as a consultant to businesses in 50 industries across six continents through the Carson Research Center. Her training programs have graduated more than 1 million students. And she's the best-selling author of five books, And she's a living legend in the world of speaking and business consulting. We're going to have a fun call. So, Dr. Carson, welcome to the show today. Thanks so much, Steve. I really am glad that I'm here. You have a terrific story about how you jumped straight out of college into business. And I would love to hear about that story and how you grew so quickly. Well, I think it's a lot of, uh, well, should I say being naive and also just good luck. I graduated college and gave myself, well, I I wanted to come to either Miami or LA because those were the only two warm places I knew. (laughs) And uh, so I gave myself two weeks to make it. And if I didn't make it in Miami in two weeks, I was moving to LA. And on the 14th day, I got the job I wanted, making $13 a week. And uh, within 30 days, I had figured out how to make $100 a week. And of course, this was back in 1959. Then I, uh, I, I bought the business eight months later and proceeded to develop it into seven offices and 350 people. <laughs> wow, that, that is quite the growth story. I would love to hear about how that transforms your life because you've run that business for many years now. What, what is that called? Well, that was my first business. I did that for 21 years. Then I sold it. And after, and it's very interesting what happened to it after that. But then I went into professional speaking. And then I spoke for the next 21 years in 50 countries and 49 states and uh, did about 135 programs a year. So I was gone all the time. And then I stopped doing that. And then I went into the things that I'm doing now which is the spunky old broad and my radio shows and working with women 50 plus and those good things. That's awesome. It's funny that you call yourself affectionately the SOB. How did did that term come about? Well, it stands for spunky old broad. And uh, that's what my website is, spunkyoldbroad.com. And basically, I was in the back of a meeting and I was chit-chatting with some women and they... uh, we kept saying, well, gee, we need to be quiet. We need to be quiet. And I said, well, that's just was we're a bunch of SOBs, spunky old broads. And it just stuck. And that's where it came from. So I have it trademarked and I do everything with that as the SOB. And yeah, that's where it came from. Simple as that. <laughs> <laughs> that's fun. So what do you do today is your main focus? I mean, you, you're still very active today. What, what is your main uh, line of business or what do you do today for the most part? Well, I do a couple of things. I don't know what you would call main, but I do my radio shows. I have 12 radio shows a month. And then I do coaching for women over 50. And then I run a mastermind group. That's a not-for-profit. That's um, for, I have Girl Scouts in there and Habitat for Humanity, et cetera. So in fact, we just had a meeting this morning. Then I also do consulting and writing and 
all of those good things. And I'm very active at uh, Nova Southeastern University. I'm on their ambassadors board. So uh, I kind of do a little bit of everything. <laughs> yeah. And masterminds are key to success in many ways. And I actually saw on your website, I believe it was, uh, that you're like number 20 of Dan Kennedy's GKIC inner circle, right? I am number 20. Yeah. Well, you just have to live as long as I do. <laughs> and you get to be number 20. <laughs> you got to get it early and stick around. You, exactly. Right? Exactly. In fact, they gave me the Lifetime Achievement Award at the uh, Super Conference this year. And I said, I think it's because I've, I've just been around the longest. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that shows longevity. And that, that's key, honestly, because sometimes things do get tough in business and you, you just have to stick it through. There's no question. I mean, uh, one of the things I, I send out a newsletter every week, and one of the things I talk about is uh, really the stamina that you need to be an entrepreneur. I mean, it isn't all, you know, glamour and lights and action and all of that. It's no matter what it is. I mean, it is difficult and you have to be able to stick through it. And most people want a magic pill for everything they do. And it just doesn't work that way. Right. So if somebody is just getting started today, what would be, you don't have a magic pill and you have to start somewhere. So what would be like, what would you suggest to somebody who say, I, I want to get started as a solopreneur in whatever industry it might be. What are some tips that you might have to, to get noticed and to grow a business? What would be something you would suggest? Well, first I would look at the industry that they're wanting to get into. And I would either, you know, really investigate what is out there, their competition, uh, maybe go to work for them for a little while or do my research or homework. I mean, everything is available today online. You can search for anything. But I think you need to first decide what it is you want to do and what is out there. Now, you may want to do the total opposite of what everybody's doing, but you really have to have a good handle on what's going on because if you don't, you're in for a big surprise. So I think the first piece of advice I would have is to really research what it is they want to do. It's just like, you know, when a person talks about speaking and most people have a passion they, they want, you know, they, well, I'm going to change the world. Well, yeah, you and a hundred other people, you know, so what's, what's different about what you're saying and can you say it in a way that's going to grab somebody that someone who's also doing motivational speaking, which is not all speaking. People think they are a motivational speaker and they're not. They're more of an educational speaker. But what, what are they offering and what are you offering? So whatever the industry is, look at it first before you hop into it. That's great advice. Now, that talks about the USP. Now, what is it that you bring that's unique? And often that's our own story or why we are passionate about what we're passionate about and we bring it from a unique perspective. But you're also, you are an expert in the speaker's world. And I know that you often help people get started with marketing almost on a shoestring budget, really with speaking. And, and you said it was more than just speaking, however. So what would, what would be the mix there? Well, the main thing is getting the job and people don't realize what it takes. I mean, when I went into speaking, I called 100, 100 meeting planners a day. So I called 500 a week. Now, you didn't reach everybody. I mean, I remember the numbers. You reached 33, you sent out 10 packets of information, and maybe you booked two jobs. But today, nobody answers their phone, so that's different. You don't mail anything. Everything is online, so they download it. And, you know, there's just a whole bunch of things that people have to be aware of. But the first thing is getting the job, and that is not easy. easy. And not even, Steve, for a free speech. You have to sell yourself like crazy, even to get a free speech. So the first thing is, who are you going to speak to? Who is going to hire you? Why should they hire you? And, you know, what can you offer them? And you've written a number of books, and I've, I've talked to other speakers to say, you know, a book has really opened doors to get me on television, and it's opened the door to get me on stage. Do you agree with that, that that's an important part of the process for speaking? 
Uh, yes and no. Everything with me is kind of both sides of the <laughs> coin. Yes, it's very important. You know, you, you have your credibility factor. Today, however, a lot of people have books. When I started out, you know, very few people had books. So it doesn't take you out of the pack, but it's got to be positioned so that it positions you as the expert. And if you are the expert, then that gives you a leg up. But it takes a lot to be an expert because you know how many books are coming out every single day. So yes, it's an influencer, but it's not the end all and be all. That's terrific. And I agree 100% because, you know, there are an amazing number of books out there. They've been called now business cards, but what do you do with most business cards? People say you don't throw out a book. And that's mostly true. Well, I just get a major cleaning up and I still have hundreds of books. <laughs> so You know, uh, I did the same thing, Steve, because I'm moving. So I gave away 2,000 books and I still have hundreds of books. And, and uh, I only kept the ones that I felt I might go back to or I hadn't read yet and that I thought were important. But, you know, they just keep coming. They sure do. And it's like you said, you have to position it in a way that actually sets you aside. Why, why would somebody read your book over the 200 other books on the exact same topic? Exactly. And yeah. So how would you suggest somebody to, you know, you said you position yourself as the expert. What, let's say somebody's just getting started. Any recommendations on how do you make that positioning statement? Well, it might be a particular type of procedure that you have perfected. It might be a system that you have. It might be your life experience that you went through. It could be a bunch of different things. It doesn't have to be just the ex you're the expert on the subject, but it could be a whole bunch of just the way you approach it. My particular situation is that I think people put more emphasis on mine is the only way than they need to. I really think that there are many ways you can do something. So it depends on if you can present it in a unique manner. Right. And that's a good point too. You don't have to bash everybody else to be successful. Matter of fact, we often, you know, rise and tide hits all ships, right? So sometimes you can be, instead of competitors, you could be, what, what's the word? <laughs> Cooperative or, you know, in cooperation with other people that, you know, your best audience may not be exactly the right fit for them and vice versa. And, and sometimes you can work together, even partner with people that can be a help. Absolutely. I mean, there are many people where someone in the same business or, or industry will recommend you or maybe even do a joint venture with you. You know, it's, it's, um, it's amazing. If you, you know, this goes back to confidence, it goes back to sharing, it goes back to do I support my industry? And if I have somebody who I know is a really good egg and who has something worthwhile to say, even if they're a competitor of mine, I may very often refer them because they may be a better fit for somebody than I am. I mean, when I coach people, I'm not a very good coach and feeling sorry for you. I mean, I, I'm one that says, you know, this is what you need to do. And if you don't do it, you're going to be out of luck. And most people kind of caress people. I'm not a caresser. I'm a, let's get this thing done. If you want to be successful, this is what you do. And, you know, that's it. And, and it's not my way or the highway, but if they're paying me, then it's my obligation to tell them the truth. And I can tell you, Steve, that that has dropped some people from me coaching them because they don't want to hear it. They want to hear what they want to hear. And I won't tell them what they want to hear if I don't agree with it. Well, that's good. I mean, honestly, if, if somebody's coming to you for help, you're giving them the kick in the pants to be successful. And if they don't want to be successful, then why are they hiring you? That's not a good fit. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, let's say somebody's you know, coming in new, and I know I have a lot of audience members who are just getting started in business. Perhaps they've been 
thinking about getting started or they've started, but they're not, you know, even it's a side hustle, they're not out of their full-time job yet, or they're just getting up towards maybe the first six figures I've ever made. What's maybe a good way on, say, a shoestring budget that they can get started and get established, get their name and their message out to the world? What are some good tips you might have uh, as far as, you know, don't have to spend a ton of money, but get out there? Well, if they are still employed in another job, normally, now this may not be for everybody, normally they have a weekend and the evening's free. So I would do something uh, on an evening, maybe at seven to nine somewhere or on a Saturday morning or something like that. And it could be done in a library. It could be done in a community center. It could be done in a, um, a, a room, a, a community room somewhere and put on a program, whatever it is. It can be free. It can be, you know, $5 a person. It can be $50 a person. Whatever they want to do, bring people in. Even if you have only 10 people, that's a group that you can speak to. Get their feedback. What did they love? What didn't they like? What was the reaction? Would they recommend you to somebody else? Would they sign up for something else that you have? But it's a good way to test the market and see whether or not they like what you're having to say. That's great. And I know that a lot of libraries and rotary clubs and such like that, they'll, they'll bring in speakers. They're not going to get paid for it, but you're also not going to have to pay for the stage. So it's a, it's a great win-win. And you've got to make sure that that audience that you're speaking to is your audience. In other words, uh, I'm not going to go do a, a, a speech on anything technical because that's not my forte. So if they were to bring me in for something like that, that would be the worst thing that anybody could do because I would just sit there like a uh, like my eyes were glazing over. But anything else might be okay for me. So you need to know your audience. You need to know, are they going to re be receptive to what you're talking about? And is there that interest? For a new speaker, do you look for a venue that already has your audience? Or is there a way to maybe do this like library presentation and bring in an audience? How would you find your best audience? There could be, again, it depends on how you want to do this and if you want to do it organically or, you know, you might put a flyer up in various places like Whole Foods or places like that, you know, depending on who you're trying to attract. You might put it up in Facebook. You might put it in LinkedIn. You know, you, there's social media you can use. There's a variety of ways that you can do that, but that would be my suggestion. If you don't have any money, that would be the way to do it. Put it in different places that don't charge anything and see who shows up. That's great. Let's shift gears to talking about like the mass media. I mean, everybody loves the idea of, well, not, maybe not everybody, but a lot of people like the idea of let's get on television. I can reach, you know, thousands or millions of people at one time. How do you get on television? That, that's a big question a lot of people wonder. Well, it's a, there is a formula, and it's that's one thing I do teach. I teach that, of course, and it's called Get on TV. <laughs> so it's pretty simple. But um, there's a whole science to that as well. You have to know, first of all, who is your audience? What do they want to know? Am I appropriate for that station? And you've got to put a segment proposal together, and it's got to appeal to the segment producer. And, I mean, but again, it takes work. For example... I've been on one particular station four times. If I want to get back on that station, it's probably going to take me anywhere from seven, eight, nine phone calls because the producers are not sitting around waiting for me and they don't necessarily answer their email. So you have to get them just at the right time. And if it's a morning show from seven, let's say to nine, or some of them are five to seven, they're in there at 4.30 a.m. or 5 a.m. and they don't want to be bothered. And then when they're through with the show, they're out of there in like 30 minutes. So it's a whole process, again, of getting in touch with these people. And to give you another example, just to, so people know, I did one show where 
uh, well, I, I pitched a lot of shows and they loved the SOB, the spunky old broad. But there was a, a very conservative Fox station that said, oh, I could never tell my boss that they would turn over if I told them that I was having an SOB on, you know. And yet most of the people loved it because they loved the idea of it. And then there was another station I was not appropriate for because I was talking to the over 50 crowd and their their audience was a younger audience. And then there was one that didn't want me because they didn't want a talking head. They wanted action. Well, I was trying to think, what can I do that's actionable? And I decided I would uh, do a workout for the over 50 sitting in a chair what could you could do to work out in a chair. And they loved it. And they had their host dressed up in workout clothes. And I used water bottles for weights. And I always carry a band with me. So I use the band. And I mean, it was very, very good. But that same day in that same city on a different network, I had been all dressed up in a very nice suit and talked about the three worst mistakes you make when starting a second career. So you've got to be flexible. That's, that's awesome. And so I didn't even know you did like fitness at all. Is, is that part of your repertoire as well as teaching fitness? Well, I, I work out two hours every day. Wow. So, uh, you know, I'm one of those fitness freaks. Now, I can't do it the way I used to do it for a variety of reasons because I've had like 16 surgeries, but I do work out every single day. So I make sure I use weights. I make sure I do movement. I stretch, you know, so I'm, I'm pretty active. That's terrific. Now, let's say somebody actually got the interview or they got on the TV show uh, or they're on a stage. Any tips as far as speaking? Because you are an expert. So what are some of the big don't do this or some of the things that you ought to really make sure you do that you would recommend for people? Don't look at the camera. Always look at the host. That's number one. Try to have props of some sort that you can use that'll keep you busy and hopefully keep the host busy as well. If you can bring an animal, it's always good to have an animal on the show, although they'll steal your thunder, but they love that. And then if you can tie it in with a local, you know, humane society or whatever, they love that. And if you can also do something that would involve the audience as well, they can figure out while you're doing it, how they can do it. I mean, those are important things. Yes. That's interesting. You mentioned like a humane society. So let's say that somebody's in a business that has nothing to do with animals. Would you still recommend an animal? Or, you know, how, how would that tie in? Well, you'd have to figure out how it would tie in. <laughs> for example, if you, for well, it depends. If you're talking about something like health, you might bring an animal in because petting a dog or a cat will reduce your blood pressure. So you could use it in that particular way. If you are doing something where you're talking about the new entrepreneur, you might talk about uh, bring your dog to work, you know, kind of thing. So, I mean, there are ways to do it, but it depends on what you're talking about. Just a little creativity and thinking through. Exactly. That's, that's great. So I, I wonder what, what's next for you? I mean, you've been just uh, rocking the world for, for such a long time and you are not stopping. So what is next on your plate? Well, I've been talking to a friend of mine who's in my own age group, and we want to start a subscription site where we uh, provide something for baby boomers. And she would approach it from the voice aspect because she's America's foremost voice coach. And I would do it from the positive mindset coach because I'm all about thinking positively and always making sure your day is a great day no matter what you go through. So uh, we would do it in an inexpensive way, but they would, they would get something from us every month and we do uh, videos and we'd have uh, suggestions for them. So that's my next project. Yeah. And speaking about mindset, you really, we've actually done articles together on the, the uh, newsletter I'm a managing editor for, and you do have a tremendous background about taking even what we would say, this is the worst day of my life. And you turn it around to say, I'm not going to stop. 
I wonder if you could maybe just share some of your experiences with our audience, because if they don't know you, I mean, there's just some tremendous stories that you've faced personally, and yet you're still smiling. <laughs> well, yeah, it's hard for me not to smile. Um, well, personally, I mean, I've lost a husband. In fact, yesterday was my, uh, it was the 11, it was his, the day he passed away 11 years ago. Uh, my older son passed away before that. And I am um, going now through my fourth case of breast cancer. And uh, I've been through chemo. I've been through radiation a few times. And now I'm on hormones. And uh, I'm being treated. And uh, it's not better. It's not worse. So I'm holding my own. But I keep going because what's the choice? And that's how I feel. Why not choose what's positive rather than what's negative? I, I love that about you. And that's, that's one of the big reasons, honestly, why I wanted to bring you on the show, because you have great wealth of business experience, but so much of what we do, it's in the mind. And when it comes to solopreneurs, we're sitting here alone and we feel like we're, you know, okay, I'm ha having a really tough day here. How do I push through? And, and you're just this ray of sunshine. And I just want to encourage my audience to, to reach out to you. If you're listening to this, make sure uh, that you reach out to Dr. Carson and, and learn um, how you can make your life much better life because she really has a lot of answers that has helped so many people, including me. And I just want to uh, thank you, Dr. Carson. This has been a, a wonderful conversation, but I, I want to make sure that our audience knows how to find you. And, and I know you have some great free tools and, and even small books out there that you can grab right now. Could you tell us about those? Well, if they go to my website, spunkyoldbroad.com, they'll see the, uh, the books that I have to offer, the programs I have to offer and so forth. If they're interested in learning a little bit about radio and television, uh, I have a, a free uh, booklet, which is, uh, they can get at www.sob6, the letter six, tips.com. And that's six secrets that you should know for your TV and radio interview. And then I also have uh, a thing on mindset, which is www. I think I told you what, it's SOB mindset, or is it... Uh, I can't remember what yeah, I even was that's will be mindset. And I'll make yeah. sure in the show notes for, for whatever it actually is. We'll make sure, you know, if you're listening, we'll get that in the show notes, make sure it's correct for you. Okay, sobmindset.com. And that's it. So they can find me in a variety of ways. And I always love to talk to people to see whether or not we're a fit or if I, I can help them just by talking to them. So they can contact me through the website as well. Terrific. So take advantage of that. And Dr. Carson, you are really an icon. You have helped so many people. I want to thank you for literally years of, of helping people. And this has been a, a, an honor to have you on the show. Thank you so much, Steve. It's been a delight to uh, get to work through this with you because we have known each other for a long time. So thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the Solopreneur Success Podcast. We hope you discovered valuable advice on how to start and grow your own successful solopreneur business. Come soar with us by joining our community at startgrowsoar.com. Again, that's startgrowsoar.com. We look forward to seeing you there. Hey, solopreneur, Steve Combs here again. You can find all the show notes for today's episode at startgrowsoar.com forward slash 009. You'll find direct links to Dr. Carson's free Mindset Matters program and six secrets you should know for your TV and radio interview there. Next week, don't miss my interview with networking expert Robert Butwin. Until then, make it a great week.